You are tuned in to another magnificent episode. Oh, dear. On Sunday, March, or March, how about... Really magnificent. September 15, 2019, of Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. And, and um, what, a, what a great day for us to conclude here as we've had a, a nice Sabbath day and being able to to go and speak in a state conference in the Salt Lake Tabernacle with the Ensign State Conference. Bonnie did a great job, as usual, in as the did you, six minutes that you spoke. As did you. What did you talk about? What did I talk about? Uh-huh. I talked about that you could be a better person and do better and have a better life if you go to the temple. And what did you sing? I sang, take time to be holy. Why don't you sing a few bars? Are you going to sing ahead. your song? Are you going to sing your song? Go ahead. Take time to be holy as the world marches on. Spend time in the temple with Jesus along. Looking to Jesus like him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct his likeness shall see. Such a nice little song. Aren't you happy now? I'm happier, yes. <clears throat> Good. Well, tonight we are just happy to be together with you and and share some thoughts with you. But we first want to give a shout out to Alex Boyer, our son-in-law. That's true. And he completed a CD, working on it for five years. They've worked really hard, and it's finally come out. So grateful for his efforts to create another CD with wonderful music. and Available on, available on Amazon, I think. Yeah, and I don't know. What's the name of the album? Coming to America. That's right, Coming to America. America with a K, because that's how his mom used to say it. Way to go, Alex. We're happy for you and hope that this album does, or CD does really well for you. Yes, we do. <clears throat> well, tonight, I'm going to start by saying a little poem. I thought we were going to... Oh, okay. Go ahead. We haven't really prepared a whole lot here tonight. Of course, we never really prepare a whole lot anyway. Yes, we do. I do. You do? Yes, I think about it all well, week. Well, we think about it, but we don't sit down and write out a script or anything like that. Well, no, because then it's not <laughs> It's not just... It's not real. Real or whatever. Well, they get what they get. They this get is real. <laughs> well, I did jot this down. So you'll get a, an idea of what we're talking about tonight. I'm anxious to hear it myself. Well, all right, here we go. When you I haven't fail, heard it yet. I know. When you feel a need to argue, say mean things and shout. You want to throw things, be mad, and fight because you're so put out. Well, remember to breathe, relax, and calm down so the sharp words will stop. Turn your face from that frown. Then you might feel our Savior's love to, be, to bring peace in your heart from Him up above. And tonight we're talking about... When we get just maybe a little bit angry with someone and what that does to us physically, emotionally, mentally, to our relationships and how we can best maybe try to help that. And John, you're so good at that, aren't you? This is your basic 
uh, episode on conflict resolution. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. Oh, I see. And that that's what I said, because okay. I'm always right, and you're always <laughs> wrong, I am right? always wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> well um, so where would you like to start? How about well, with your little song? Okay. No? Sure. Um, and that song was? That is off. Speak kind words Gee, to each that. other. What key it's played in? How about this key? Let us all speak kind words to each other. Kind home or wherever we may be. Like the warblings of birds on the heather. The tones will be welcome and free. They'll oh, the clap. Kind. Oh, you want to go to the verse? What? Oh, the, the kind words we give shall in memory live and sunshine forever impart. Let us all speak kind words to each other. Kind words are sweet tones of the Heart. Lovely, kind words. But when we're mad, we don't want to say kind words, right? No, we don't. What kind of words do we want to say? We want to say mean, we say mean things. We want to... No, that's not true. Some, some, people, some people do. do. That's what I'm saying. Some, some people, people do. Sure, but you don't. Me? Oh, once in a while, under my breath, I want to maybe have said... I know, I've heard you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, you know, of course we don't need to, we don't need to shout at each other and say mean things. You know, the reality is, so when Bonnie and I got got married, we made an agreement that we would never yell at each other, ever. And and even if we wanted to, sometimes we decided. That's right. That would not be good. And part of that is because I grew up in a in a home where I never saw my mom and dad raise their voice to each other. I saw them get a little unhappy on occasion, very seldom, but I I never saw them raise their voice to each other. And so I kind of grew up anticipating that that's kind of how things were in other people's homes, and I learned pretty quickly that's not true. That's not the case. And it's so interesting that we tried not to argue in front of our kids because we were told by, of course, Dr. Phil that I watched one day, I said, if you argue in front of your children, it changes them. And they'll argue too. But, I just think that's a natural course of events. That's true. And, and, and it's also, <laughs> I, I'm, I should have uh, thought to look up the scriptural reference, but... But contention is a tool of the adversary. And arguing and yelling is certainly contentious. Well, we didn't want to have the spirit of the adversary in our home, so we chose not to yell at each other. But then we had our children say... Imagine this. It was so weird because we, we never saw you two argue, but we were in our other friends' homes and we'd see their... Their parents literally dragged down, fighting, yelling. And we thought, wow, we don't hear that at our house. But then when they got married and had issues, they thought, we never figured out how to resolve 
the conflict because we never saw you resolve it. They could see that there were times where we weren't entirely happy with each other. I'm always happy with you. But, <laughs> that is a big fat lie. No, I remember. You are most of the time. I will agree, and for that, I'm very grateful. <laughs> but there have been a handful of times when I knew you weren't particularly happy. Why? What did I do? You get this look on your face of such exasperation that, and you get tense and very terse with me. You don't yell. Yeah, because you, you we, we said we would never yell. So I go in and the you bathroom don't ever and use yell. A, you don't ever <laughs> use a bad word. No. Ever. You don't ever say mean words. But Maybe but, sometimes under my breath I have. But I those mean, handful of times when I know you've been unhappy, I've... You can let me know without saying anything. And you, may, and, and you, you do. felt bad, didn't you? That, that you made me feel bad that I would have to get upset, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, could, they could barely ah. hear that last line. Oh, well, maybe you didn't want to hear it. Okay, so. So the, our kids did say, Mom and Dad, we, never, we knew you had issues on occasion, but we never saw you resolve the conflicts. So... We, we go into our marriages, and we don't know how to resolve the conflicts either. Yeah. So, really? You can't, you can't learn how to resolve your conflicts on your own? Well, I mean, they're adults, for heaven's sakes. Yes, but when they come from different, their spouses come from different backgrounds, and they see arguing or fighting or yelling, throwing things. I don't know what they saw. Well, just from what I've been told by them. And then so throwing things? Yes. I've never heard that one. So I've heard things. <laughs> so yeah. And then they, they're so surprised when they hear those things. Not that their their spouses are doing, but that's the kind of house and home that they might have come from. And even some of my friends talking to them and watching them how they they get upset with each other, and they go sleep on the couch. Now, what is the point of sleeping on the couch? Because you don't want to be by that person? Could be. You're irritated, and you just want some space. And that's why you did one night. I, I did one night. <laughs> I did because one he night. knew I was right, and he was wrong. <laughs> I'm sure that is the case, that, that you were right. I'm sure that was the case. Uh, and I was irritated with a capital I Ooh. and I thought it would probably be better for me instead of having these unhappy vibes coming from me to you I'd I, go I was too tired I was gone on the couch. <laughs> I didn't I wouldn't have felt those unhappy vibes I would have been asleep one, however one time <laughs> in 47 years yeah and I didn't even make you say I didn't even say go sleep on the couch you chose to sleep on the couch. I did choose to sleep on the couch. Yes, you did. And I had a really good night's sleep then. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> so did I. Oh, that's so funny. But you so, know, it's interesting though when they say, don't go to bed mad, always resolve the problem. And I can see that on one hand where, yes, you probably will sleep better, but sometimes you're so tired, you just need to go to sleep. And then maybe it doesn't look so rough in the morning. Yeah, either. but I kind of like that statement, though, Bonnie. I do, I do, myself, generally agree. You, you, you shouldn't go to bed angry 
with your your companion, for heaven's sakes. But you did that night. I did that night. I didn't didn't do very well, did I? Oh, well, sometimes. But you, I'm just I, I, I know. I'm, I'm just yeah, saying. I can see that that I think that we ought to be able to resolve things <coughs> of the day before we go to bed. I mean, sleeping on it. I don't think, despite what you just said, sleeping on it. I don't think is going to make it any better. You're saying that you think sleep sometimes, will sometimes modify it. Because I wake up and I think, oh, that was so stupid to argue over something that wasn't right, that big was, of a deal. I was trying to tell you that at the time. Uh-huh, that's right, because <laughs> I was wrong and you were right then, right? That's right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think sometimes a good night's sleep, but then you don't sleep very well because you know you're bothered and you're bugged. But sometimes it... Okay. It seems different. So, so, you know, we've addressed, we've identified the issue. How do you, how do we resolve issues when they come up between people so that they don't become even bigger issues? They don't become something that becomes a canker between the two of you. It don't, it doesn't linger and swell and fester and become a, a big open sore. Well, I still have to throw in the cute, the cute story of your sister-in-law. What was that? Which when, one are you talking uh, about? They were had been arguing and they oh, couldn't I know resolve the issue, and they decided to just go to bed and resolve it in the morning. But they had prayer. Sometimes, you know, you think I don't even want to pray with this person because he really made me mad, or he bugged me, or whatever. Hurt or your person. feelings. Hurt your feelings, or whatever. And so she, but they decided to pray together, which is important because sometimes praying together will help again soften your heart. Gosh, I think it's a critical element. And like I've said before, any couple that I've ever counseled with while I was in a church position that were having difficulties in their marriage, every single one of them had quit praying together. So, so one of the most powerful tools we have to try to help bring us back together through the Spirit of the Lord, through the power of prayer, they threw out the window. Yeah. Well, anyway, your sister Deanne knelt down by her My husband. Sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, excuse me, to your brother Ed, and she said, Heavenly Father, please help Edward to know that I am right and that he is wrong. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> she did, too. I don't know who was right and wrong in that incident, but that's been one of the family tales for years. It's a great one. Yeah. So back to the issue, how do we go about it? I can just suggest maybe one starting point. You got to give yourself a little bit of time, at least in my opinion, to cool down. It needs to be a little bit of cooling off period. And that may take, I don't know how long, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's an hour, then maybe it's, uh, you would say it's all night, you know, to sleep on it all night. <laughs> That's a cooling off period. But there needs to be a time period where you, you're able to gather yourself so that you're now, you're not reacting to everything but you're proactively trying to address the issue. So what you're saying is, okay, so we'll say, okay, 
So, so you won't say something you're going to regret. Okay, but so you say a cooling off period. Well, how, when you say, oh, maybe 10 minutes, maybe a day, there are some couples that go for weeks. I know there are. And give the silent treatment. I know there are, Well, Which I think is so wrong. I agree. I couldn't agree more. So what do you say to this person? Okay, we're going to have a cooling period, and it's going to last 10 minutes. Maybe I'll give you an hour. And go then, soak your head for a half an hour and cool off. And then you'll Go just, do something that's going to help change this negative vibe in your whole spirit and then what so you just come back and say okay i'm changed and then you come back and say i'm i'm more clear-minded than i was and and you ought to we ought to you know be able to lay some groundwork saying i am not going to say something in retaliation what i'm what i will say to you i'll say in a positive manner but I'm not going to try to retaliate and hurt you or punish you for what you may say back to me. Well, and that's where you do have to set a limit where you don't allow name-calling, put-downs, threats, yelling, you know, well, yeah, intimidating behavior. The reality that's... is, Bonnie, you and I have never had to do that. We've never done no. that. No, and that's because to me... That's where you say you can't put the words back into your mouth that you've you said. You sure can't. You can never take them back. It's like trying to put the toothpaste back in the toothpaste when you've already you mean said the, the, you know, said the the mean things, and then that kind of haunts you for years to come. That you've said some unkind things because well, yeah, they're, and that's another thing when when you do get upset or bugged. To me. It's not worth harboring those feelings because you don't know what's going to happen to each other. That in an hour, you you know, you've seen those movies or read stories where someone's been mad at the other person, and then they go storming off and they get hit by a car or something, and then they're they're dead. And then <laughs> I know that's an extreme. I guess. Except that when our little Nathan died. I have a little regret because I had gotten mad at him that morning. And even though I was being a mom and trying to help him see a certain thing, I still regret that I was upset with him that morning without resolving that issue before he left us. Well, you know, that was unfortunate timing, that's for sure. I know, but that's what but I'm in saying. Most, in I'm, I've learned that. That's why I let it. I let it go. I know and you do because it's not worth it to my. It's amazing. My spirit. To me how you do that? To just harbor it. Oh, I'll harbor it and maybe hold a little grudge for a little bit. But I realize that what good is that doing? No good. It you doesn't do any good. To, I'll admit, holding a grudge just uh, cankers both your soul and the relationship. But that's where sometimes, though, you have to get it out. You can't just bottle it up. And some people just bottle it up, and they keep putting the, my good friend said, you gunny sack your issues. Okay, so you have a problem, and you didn't really quite resolve it, but, you know, you cooled off, and time went on, and then you threw that problem in a gunny sack. And the next time another issue came up, you pulled that problem out of the gunny sack, and you remembered that, so you brought that out too. Would you remember when you did that and that too? And then if that's not resolved, you keep putting these problems in until you do blow up. 
So you, you, you need to, you need to talk. Well, of course, that's, it's what it comes down to is communication. Communication and to, and to be able to communicate honestly and directly and, and you lay some ground rules. Look, I, what I may say, I, I, I don't intend to hurt your feelings, but I, I have to tell you how I feel, yeah, and that may hurt your feelings. Those I words are important, that I, how I feel and how they feel. And yeah, so I, I think there has to be a, you know, these, this groundwork that's established in that conversation where you're going to try to resolve this conflict where you can say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you honestly, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but this is how I feel. And I'm sorry that if it hurts your feelings, but I've got to let it out. I've got to let you understand and know what you did that hurt me, and vice versa, so that we can understand and come to <coughs> a, a mutual agreement as to how we move forward to avoid that kind of situation from repeating itself. Agreed. So communication becomes such an integral part of this whole conflict resolution. I think that communication, the next part of that, essentially of this communication, is the seeking for and giving forgiveness. I'm sorry. Men have hard times saying I'm sorry. We talked about that last week. We did. And I, and I hope that it kind of got through that that we've got to be able to say, I'm sorry. And really, me, it's not just sorry, but it is truly feeling sorrowful for what we said or did that hurt someone else. Well, and that's part of the um, resolving the conflict. You need to talk it out um, with ground rules, like you said and not interrupting each other, not um, giving each other a time. You know, we always you try to justify, justify things. You might have to each take five minutes and say, okay, you tell me what the problems are, and then I get five minutes so that you don't, you're not constantly talking over each other, and then being able to resolve it by what you're going to do after the, you've talked about what the problem is. That is an important point that you'd be able to say what you want to say uninterrupted. Right. Because that doesn't always happen. Uninterrupted. Like I just did to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it happens because we want to be able to we hear something and we want to respond to it immediately without letting them complete their thought. Well, because we want to get ours out because it's so compelling. Oh gosh, we gotta let somebody speak and get their thought out uninterrupted and then be able to respond, not in anger, not in a manner to try to be hurtful or punishing, but simply in response. I I hear what you're saying. Now this is how I feel about that. <coughs> and then and then at least you have a groundwork from which you can try to find some common ground where you can um, or you can mutually agree or you can compromise and come to a great a, a place where you can both accept and move forward can I talk now 
After you quit coughing. I know. Well, also, I think important is when you have something that's bothering you, you've got to find a time. Can I talk now? To talk. You just interrupted, right? <laughs> anyway. I didn't mean to interrupt. I know. I forgive you. <laughs> I think that when there is something that bothers you, it's hard sometimes to talk about it, or you just don't have time to talk about it. I remember when we were first married, and you were... I, we had our children, and you were um, so involved in um, trying to get your law practice going, and and then you were busy in church work, and you'd leave and go to the church, and we never had time to talk, and it would just start to bottle up in me as well. So do you remember when I made a an appointment at your office? I do remember that. You weren't happy about that either. I wasn't happy about that. Because it's I true. took an hour away from your precious... Um, <laughs> What was it? An hour of billable time. At the office. However, it was important to me to be able to talk. So I made the appointment and came in, and he was surprised to see me as someone that was coming in to talk about some things that had bothering me. You're my favorite client. Aw, see? Yeah, I'm sure I was. (laughs) You were. I paid you well. Yes, you did. (laughs) The good dinner. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's right, and other things. <laughs> but you have to make the time, and sometimes if you don't have time to talk about it, you might have to say, "Okay, in an hour we will talk," or you know. Yeah, what, what doesn't work is just ignoring it, or not addressing it, and letting it just continue to fester. And it just keeps getting worse. And that's when and you start gunny sacking it. Yeah, it, it, that little sore gets bigger and becomes a, a major problem. But then, if you don't talk about it too, sometimes it does just go away and you just get back to normal. But it's yeah, always. But it's still there. But it's still there. Even and though you can kind of move past it. You know, we've had a few issues ourselves with those kinds of things too. We haven't resolved every issue we've ever had together some of them have just kind of been frittered away into the wind i know because i just let it go that's probably true (laughs) and it takes me longer to do that than it does you it's because i'm not nearly as good as you are that's right that's right that's right well anyway it's just important to to you know when you have conflict to try to be civil and to not be so rude and and um, vicious. You, and, can, and, you know, that can be in any relationship as well. It's not just, we're not just talking about husband and wife. That's, you know, most of this kind of comes down to husband and wife, it seems. But it's husband and wife. It's, it's parent and child. It's parent and grandchild, it's brother and sister, it's friend and friend. You know, there's all kinds of relationships where we have the the potential of conflict, where we have the potential of of circumstances that can damage a relationship if we don't take care of it. And we're going to be taking care of that ultimately because of 
taking or creating an environment where we can talk about it, where we can listen to each other's point of view, be in, in agreement that we will respect each other's point of view, and then make whatever adjustments we can to accommodate both of those points of view. What do you think about trying to argue over the test, like texting or... You know, instead of calling, you're just, you don't want to do a face-to-face confrontation. Oh, I think that's cowardly. Yeah, I do too. I think it, it needs to be done. Face-to-face. Face-to-face, or if you're, if you're in a different state, or if you're in a different place, then a telephone. But I don't, I'm certainly not going to be doing it in an email, or trying to do it in a text message. Gosh, can't we, can't we do it voice-to-voice if we can't do it face-to-face? Well, I've I've heard people even over their cell phones arguing and getting loud in the stores. You know, as they're arguing with someone over the phone, and I thought, wow. Well, I'm sure that's true. It's uncomfortable, so I think it does need to be face to face. Or I even remember wanting just to talk to you, um, sitting in the dark. It was easier for me because if I started crying, I didn't want to sit there and be emotional when it's right in front <laughs> of your face. But anyway. I just think that even humor, humor helps a little bit to inject a little bit of humor in your conflict, if you possibly can, to kind of bring down the the tension level. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But to it's bring hard it up, to see it when you're angry. I know. That's why it's not wise to do it when you're angry. You got to have a cooling off period. So that you're not acting out of emotion, you're acting right. out of, you know, a, a rational sense of how do I deal with this problem and make it right. Agreed. Well, there you go. Just some of our thoughts about <laughs> as how random to as they are. A conflict. Oh, my word. And how we keep trying to do that. And that's it. You know, we do, it just it, it is, it's an ongoing effort to, to try to learn how to do it and how to do it right not just in our relationship with each other, but in the relationships with all of those that we love. And hopefully we can learn that that relationship that is most important, which is a, our relationship with the Savior, will help us to, to be able to improve our relationships with those that we love that are around us. Yes, he, yes, he certainly will. And he will, he will help us resolve conflict because he wants us to live happily and peaceful, peaceably with all of those around us. Yeah, so we hope you have a, a wonderful conflict-free week yes. this week. And if you do get into some conflict with someone you love, please find a way to resolve it and make it right. So, That's it from us. Uh, from Notes from John. With a battle from Barnes. Have a great night, everyone. Good night. And sunshine forever.